Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Everybody, welcome to another incredible, exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey guys, you sound like you're at the movies with Chris's announcement there, but no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Or the circus. We're glad y'all are listening. Let's we- let's let this never be a circus. Huh? How about that? Uh. Well, we're just keeping it real, y'all. So if you're enjoying mm-hmm. listening to our um, Life with Chris and Tatum, why don't you share or post about this podcast? It means a lot to us, and it actually helps keep our um, podcast in the front so that others can hear about what God's doing just in our lives, but also at Life Fellowship. You know, I was thinking about renaming this podcast oh, to dear. Life Unplugged. Oh, whoa. With Chris and Tatum. I'd have to unplug your mic and then they could hear you. No, no, honey. Okay, just kidding. Okay. okay. So last week we started a a new topic. A discussion on mm-hmm. really why do we how, why do we do what we do in worship? And the the whole concept really started on the inside of me. I started thinking about think about if you walked into the into a church for the very first time, like what would you think as yeah. you for people, someone who didn't grow up in church, yeah. they're just like coming in to see what's going on. And people are singing out loud. They're drinking juice, eating small, you know, pieces of Nasty bread, crackers. You know, <laughs> listening to a guy talk out of a book that's thousands and thousands of years old. And then the pastor or the guy that's up there is saying, hey, why don't you next week bring yeah. all your family and friends. Invite everyone to come back. To be a part of this yeah. really cool activity. Um, so it would probably seem a little off to you a little foreign if you've never been a part of that before. And so um, I believe that sometimes it just takes one generation asking some simple questions because you'll never get an answer until you find until you start asking some questions. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that one of the gifts of every generation is that they question things. Why do you do that? Why? Yeah, it can be a gift because it helps you rethink about, just like kids do that, you know, when they're little, the million questions. Why do we do it? really... Puts in the forefront of your mind to think, why do we do what we do? What is the purpose behind this? And those questions really, I think, drive us back to uh, to go back to the origins of church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why 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 do we do what we do? And that's really what this whole podcast, uh, these episodes are are about: getting us back to our roots in our Christian faith. Now, there's a really important verse that I love. And I want you to read this here. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Okay. It says, they devoted oh, themselves. Oh, oh. It says they devoted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So they didn't just haphazardly and just were to... No, the early believers, they did what? Keep going. Chris is going to be popping in here every <laughs> once in a while. Hey, you be my teaching monitor. Oh, dear. I'm not good with this because I talk back. That teaching <laughs> monitor can't say anything. No, <laughs> No, let me read. <laughs> what if we did that some Sunday? We had a teaching monitor and my and head like voice. peeks around the side of the TV. <laughs> okay, let me read the verse. Okay. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, 
everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. So cool. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had great need. generosity. Yep. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So the bread they broke was hot butter cheese biscuits from Red Lobster. Mm, I'm starving. That sounds really good. And then it says that they um, were praising God and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily Wouldn't those you who are being saved. Wouldn't you want to be a part of a, of a community like that? I mean, Sounds there's just great, great generosity. Community they're, meals. They're, yeah, I mean, but they're devoted to God. They're giving and helping other each other's needs. They're like, devoted to each yeah, other. Yeah. You know, our mission at Life Fellowship, you'll probably get sick and tired of me saying it, but it's to know God, find freedom, discover purpose. And then make a difference. And then go make a difference with your life. In fact, I read about uh, a story about a young man who dives, you're going to love this, for exotic fish for aquariums. He said one of the most popular aquarium uh, fish is the shark. Hmm. And he explained that if you catch a small shark and confine it, it will stay a size proportionate to uh, to the aquarium. So sharks can be six inches long, yet fully mature. Weird. But if you turn them loose in the ocean, they will grow to their normal length of eight Feet. That's crazy. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because the, the correlation to that is that off, oftentimes that happens with Christians. I've seen some of the cutest little six-inch Christians. <laughs> who's, they're who's, cute when they're six months and they're babies. But and they yeah. swim around in, in their little puddles or whatever. But if you put them into a larger arena, into, into the whole creation, uh, they actually can grow. They can become great. Yeah. And then so f- for a lot of Christians... We're still stuck in the in the kiddie pool, and it's time that we graduate to the Olympic sized pool. Mm-hmm. And it's time that we start maturing and growing instead of and being then some, get out, yeah. Instead of some cute little six inch Christian, uh, to be fully mature, and that's that's hey, listen, that's what we want to help you to become through this podcast and really through these episodes in this teaching here. To, to be mature and to help you to become great. I want listen, I get so excited when I see my friends win. Yeah. And I want to see you win. I want to see you mature. I want to see God's blessing in your life. And uh, we're doing that by by teaching through this. And so the four G's of, of a maturing Christian. We, we talked about this last week. Hit them again, honey. All right. The first one is gifting. And you all have a gift. You have a talent. You have something to contribute to the body of Christ. The second G is hey, groups. if you're not contributing, if you're, if you're not got your, that gift employed, what you waiting for? <laughs> Don't be a consumer, be a contributor. Okay, the next one is groups. groups. So God's called all of us to live in community. To We thrive when we're in relationships. So a mature Christian is connected into groups. The next one is generosity. The Lord wants you to prosper you know so that, that you, you can provide. Most, listen to this. You are most like God when you give. Yep. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. gave. God is always giving. He's giving. He's giving. And when you are stingy, that's when you're most like Satan. God and generous both start preach. with G. 
Stingy and Satan both start with the letter S. Hmm. That'll help you to remember that. <laughs> Can you show her wondering. Okay. And then the last one is growth. <laughs> and it's time that we extend God's kingdom by investing in those out, that are outside his family. So let's continue this discussion and out of what I've called the four whys of church. So first one, we talked about it last week. Why do we sing? Uh, today, we're going to answer the next three. So we're going to have to be on point here, Taylor. All right. No rabbit trails. Oh, that's no, for no you. No butterflies. Keep going. So we're going to answer why do we serve, why do we give, and why do we have spiritual gifts? So okay, I first love one, it. why do we serve? Let me read this scripture. Okay. Before we jump into it. Acts 6, verse 1 through 7. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. See, can I, let me just stop right there and just say that when things are growing in a church, there will always be people that will be grumbling, complaining about different things. Mm -hmm. So that's true. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So it's not that they were beneath that. They had, no. to, they had to be running in their lane. They had to be doing what God asked them to do. And That's as, right. as the apostles, as the pastors of those that were leading. They knew God had called them to be ministers to of the word. Feed yeah, the flock. So um, they said, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them. I love that. There's a great leadership principle there. Don't just haphazardly pick people. Pick people that you know. Yes, full are of well wisdom. well known, okay? Find them. And it says in verse 4. And it says, and we'll give our attention to prayer and to ministry of the Word. So we're going to turn the responsibility over to these men who are going to pay attention in prayer and in ministering to the Word. And then basically what it goes on to say is this, that when they did that, every the needs were met. And then this is incredible. It says that the, the, the people began to uh, increase in number so fast that they began to multiply greatly. I love that. So... When we, when we get out there and serve, the church is actually going to multiply. Yes. So we just read earlier that the church, it said God daily added yep. to the church. And so God was adding people to the church. Mm -hmm. But then when people started serving, it went from addition to multiplication. Yes. Listen, the church grows when people pick up a servant's towel. Love it. In fact, listen, I've got a friend of mine. He is a... Uh, really an incredible uh, surgeon. Uh, he, I'm telling you, he's one of the best in the business. In fact, um, and you know who I'm, I'm talking about. I know him. Okay. He, he actually has some of the Hollywood actors will fly in so that he can operate on them. I mean, that's how incredible of, of a surgeon that, that he is. And so when he shows up to the hospital, uh, he pulls up in this really sweet BMW car that he has. He's got a little private parking spot available for him. Uh, it's kind of by this little trash can that's there, but he, he gets out and 
He's got this secret access door, the mm-hmm. back of the hospital, goes in, it walks right by the kitchen. All of these people are in there just cooking away, just getting things ready for, for the morning breakfast. And he's got a private little elevator. He takes it up to his floor. When he walks in, everybody treats him like a god. Wow. They're like, doctor this, doctor that. He he gets into the operating room. I mean, he just like, he puts his hands up like this and they put the gloves on his hands. They tie, you know, the the little mask around him. I mean, he's like scalpel this, scissors that. I need, I want this music being played in here. I want the temperature at this <laughs> degree. I mean, he commands the scratch room. my eyebrows, yeah. you know, give me a back, what, whatever they want. <laughs> Hopefully what? no back rub while he's doing surgery. <laughs> Get that heart transplant really good. <laughs> uh, and, and when he's done, he goes back down that same little private hallway, down that little elevator. He walks right by that kitchen where everybody is working hard and goes out to his, his car. There's some trash on the ground, but he'll, he'll walk right by, get into his car and drive home. Now, when he gets home, yep. his wife greets him at the door with their little baby, holding it out to him, saying, I've had this little guy all day long. Your turn. Your turn. Yes. So he picks up that little baby. She goes in the kitchen. She's working on some some dinner, and the baby's got a little stinky diaper. So he walks down the hallway. There's toys on the ground. So he's picking up the toys while he's heading to the room, and he changes the, the diaper, throws that away, gets sits down, for the dinner, she says, oh, no, you ain't just sitting down. You're going to help set the table. So sets the table, helps clean the whole thing thing up. What's the difference? The difference is, is that in one setting, he's at work. In the other setting, he is at home. Mm-hmm. And when your church becomes your home, mm-hmm. every single one of us can change diapers. We can set the table. We can clean up the table. We can... Pick up the trash. Pick up the trash. Sweep out the floor. Yeah. And I think that's one of the power, uh, the, the secrets of what happens when when we get involved and we- When we serve. When we serve. Mm-hmm. And there, there's people that say, well, listen, I, I ain't going to come do that serve day thing you guys got going on. I don't do children's ministry. I don't set up for things. Well, I think it's time that we challenge our churches to tear up the I don't do lists. I like that. Like, what if Noah had said, I don't do boats? <laughs> what if David said, I don't do slingshots? What if Moses said, I don't do relocations? <laughs> what if Solomon said, I don't do temples? What if John said, I don't do baptisms? What if Peter yeah. said, I, didn't, I don't do church plants? What if Paul the apostle said, I don't do letters? What if Jesus said, I don't do crosses? Yeah. Everybody, if you are a mature believer... It's time that we tear up the I don't do list. Yes. Because the church isn't just to be a place that you come. It's the family of God. It's the place that we can all do something. Yep. There are people to be reached and things to be done in order to be effective. And we all can do something. Yeah. And the last thing in the world that I would ever want to do is guilt trip somebody into this. No, I want to inspire you because you have giftings on the mm-hmm. inside. And when I when I try to uh, to employ people into uh, a volunteerism, into a dream team, I'm trying to do one thing. I'm trying to set you up to hear from the Lord someday. Well done. 
Thou that's good right. and faithful yeah, servant. Yeah, that's what we all want to hear. I'm trying to set you up to hear the most incredible words that you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. Well done. And that happens as we employ that gift. And mature people don't just consume. Yeah. We contribute. We, we serve. We serve. We give and back. And when yep. we do that, the church multiplies greatly. Amen. I feel like we could end it right now. Hallelujah. But we won't. Halla, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the... It's I had to be little... careful on that one, man. I sound pretty close to... <laughs> to something else. <laughs> okay. This is a Christian podcast. All right. All right. Here's the second thing mature believers do, and it's a question we're going to ask. Why do we give? Why do we give? All right, read this scripture. Let's please. hear why. The Bible talks about it. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 9, 9 through 11. For it's written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this is for us, doesn't he? Yet this was written for us because when the plowman plows and the thresher threshes, they ought to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. And if we've sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? Your giving helps pay for buildings and land and missions and a sound system and advertising. It does all these different things. And that's something that we've got to realize that one of the reasons why we give is because God instructs us to, and it does, it pays. You're right, Tatum. It it pays for buildings and land, um, all the ministry that takes place here. But let me just point out one other thing that a lot of times we don't think about. And, And that is that when you give, you're enabling the staff and their families here at the church or whatever church that you attend to give their complete undivided attention to advancing the gospel seven days a week, 365 days a year. Wowza. Like yep. that, that's massively important. Yeah. In fact, um, let me just tell you this. These are the national statistics on pastors in America. Do you know that every month, 1,500 pastors in America quit the ministry? Wow. A half, half of all pastors' marriages end in divorce. Holy moly. 80% of pastors feel unqualified and discouraged in ministry. 50% of pastors would leave the ministry if they could find another job. 80% of Bible school and seminary graduates leave the ministry within five years, never to return. 80% of pastors' wives wish their husbands would quit the ministry. Hmm. 80% of pastors' wives say that the most destructive point in their life and marriage was when their husband entered into ministry. Wow, sad stats there. See, people across America every day make large and regular sacrifices of the resources to build hospitals, erect um, uh, universities, find cures for diseases, fund public television, save the whales and the spotted owl. And as people of God, we are those that give into the only thing mm-hmm. that Jesus ever promised that he would build, mm-hmm. and that's the local church. And we give into something that lasts eternally. It's making an eternal difference yeah. in people's lives. We're, we're resourcing the only thing that Jesus said he came to build. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to say, I just think that I have the privilege 
of pastoring the most generous church. We do. I'm thankful that we don't fall into any one of those statistics there. Very, We have very people true, that yeah. encourage us, that pray for us, that stand with us, that are so generous. Yep, we do. We're blessed. And that's what mature people do. Why do we give? Because we are honoring God's word mm-hmm. and we're propelling the only thing that Jesus said that he came to build, and that's the local church. So thank goodness for uh, for universities and hospitals and public television and, you know, Big Bird and, you know, Ernie and whales <laughs> and dolphins. Uh, but the most important thing that we do is we give into something that's eternal. Here's the last question we're going to answer today. Why, Tatum, yes. do we have spiritual gifts? So I, I've had so many people, I've actually done many teachings, uh, messages on this topic here. But every one of us, we get into moments in our life that we need direct or supernatural intervention from God. Yes, we do. Seriously. Uh, Read what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians. Let me read this. Chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So when you pray in the spirit, when you pray in tongues, you're you're speaking directly to God, it says here. It says, indeed, no one understands him. That includes yourself. You don't even understand what you're saying. He understands mysteries with his spirit. No, he utters mysteries with his spirit. So it's actually, it's your spirit man that's praying. Yep. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Okay, so prophecy is is this. It's divinely inspired words that edify, exhort, build up, and comfort. And the Bible makes it really clear that every one of us, mm-hmm. so if you're listening to me today yeah. and you're a believer, it the Bible says that every one of us ought to desire to prophesy. Mm-hmm. It's and true. Prophecy is just, here's what, can I just boil it down? Here's what prophecy is. It's speaking the word of God in an anointed way. That is comforting. That is edifying. Yes. That's lifting someone up. Yep. And you can be it's used by needed. God. It's needed, yeah. People think that you have to be this incredibly spiritual prophet to be able to prophesy. Sometimes you are, you, you, you are, you, you can speak into the lives of your of your husband prophetically into your into your your wife into your kids yeah. into a church i mean it's i said all the time each we're other. a church on the yeah, move we can't God. be stopped god's with us and we got a bright future and we're moving forward mm-hmm. that's prophetically speaking into the future mm-hmm. and what you need to do is you need to test prophecy and determine whether or not it edifies exhorts or comforts so People have asked me before, they're like, um, hey, uh, Chris, why don't you allow certain people just to give random prophecies you know, here at the church? And my answer for that is very simple, is because the Bible makes it very clear that we need to know those who labor among us. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to let somebody just... I have to... I pastor this church. This is a church that mm-hmm. I protect as a shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. Yes. He is the chief shepherd. But I'm not just going to let a wolf come in. I've seen people get messed up in this area. Mm-hmm. 
by not really knowing who's coming in to give a word or to share something. Yeah, no, you have. It would be irresponsible for me. It's true. To let somebody speak um, uh, to the church or to, to give words of prophecy that they're not proven, that they're not known among us, that they're not living right. See, in, in these Bible days, when, when the scripture was written there, they were meeting in homes. They knew each other. They were accountable. They were submitted in, in leadership. And so when it comes to prophecy, I'm going to make sure that I know who that person is. But every one of us can still prophesy. It's true. You know, um, I found it interesting uh, a while back on a Jimmy Fallon show. They had a guest on, and he was a bodybuilder. You and, were on, babe? No. <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon asked the guy, he's like, why do you develop all those particular muscles? And the bodybuilder just simply stepped up, and he flexed a series of well-defined muscles from, I mean, all over. I mean, his biceps, his chest, his, calf, his calves. Everybody just started just applauding. And then Jimmy asked again. He's like, well, hey, dude, what do you use all those muscles for? Again, this big brute of a guy just flexed all those muscles, his biceps, his triceps. I mean, he was, uh, he was smiling. And Jimmy asked him again, he said, hey, what do you use those muscles for? And I'll never forget it because the bodybuilder was bewildered. He had no answer other than to display all of those muscles. And I was reminded that our spiritual exercise of going to church and praying and um, studying God's word mm -hmm. is not so that we can show off and say, hey, look at how strong we are. Look at how... Exactly. It's meant to, to do one thing, and that is to build the kingdom of God. Not to simply Im, uh, improve our pose yeah. in front of other people. Or impress people. someone, like, yeah. Oh my goodness, look at how godly and spiritual and yeah. mature and big you are. No, what are we using those muscles for, right? To touch and we've others. Got to. And, and yeah. so my, my encouragement is, it's not just know God. It's not just get free and discover what your purpose is. Yep. Go do something. That's why we serve. Yes. That's why we give. That's why we use spiritual gifts so that we can employ these incredible things that God's deposited on the inside of yeah. us into kingdom circulation. To do that last part of our mission statement is make a difference, to actually go and do something that's impacting eternity. Because, hey, everybody, you, you will give an account someday for how you handled those things. Yeah. I will. All, all of us. Yeah. All of us will. I think about that oftentimes that I'm going to stand before the Lord and I'm going to have to give an account of how did I deal with, how did I steward these, these gifts that God has given me? Mm -hmm. And I don't need to compare myself with somebody else. You know, as a pastor, it's very easy for me to compare my myself or our ministry or what we're doing with somebody else that's in another city or whatever. And But I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't have the same gifts that they do. I'm not going to give an account to God for thou, those gifts on that person. I have to give an account for how I stewarded yeah, the things on my for life. For yours. Yep. And you will too. Everybody, don't just flex with them. Don't just post about them. Uh, <laughs> do them. Yeah. Live it out. Get involved and serve, baby. Because if you sit on the bench, you're going to get a sore butt. 
Be generous with your, with your finances. And then use those spiritual gifts. Love it. And I promise you that you'll, you'll, you'll come back to me and thank me for it. Yeah. I had a lady, let me just close by saying this. I had a lady, she's 77 years old, precious lady, came up to me on Sunday. She came from a Catholic background in our church. Mm-hmm. She came up to me with tears in her eyes. And she said, thank you so much. She said, you encouraged me to get involved. She is serving in our kids' ministry. Awesome. Okay? Yeah. The sweetest lady, sweetest lady. She's like, I actually have value. I have purpose. Mm-hmm. And if I can just pour into these kids and pray for them and just love on them. Yeah. She was just thanking me. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being. And then she told me this. She's 77. She said, I, I, she just got saved. Okay. She said, and it's never too late to start to do things right. So she just got saved. And then she said, and I'm getting baptized. Awesome. I said, whoa, what did you say? She said, I'm 77 and I'm getting baptized at the next at the next bapti- uh, baptism awesome. that we're going to have at the church. <laughs> I love that. Hey, everybody, it doesn't matter how old you it's are. It's not too late. It doesn't matter how young you are. We can all make a difference. And so go, go do it this week, everybody. Go make a difference. Thanks for listening, y'all. This is going to be a great week. And we're looking forward to chatting with you next time. So thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you have an awesome day. God bless you all. Love you. Bye-bye.